Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products. Like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. If there's one thing you could get help with today from me, what would that be? Coming to terms with being um, a mother of one instead of two. A mother of one instead of two. We have we had to do IVF, and um, I have two embryos left, and they're like the debate. How long do we keep them? What do we do with them? Do we get a surrogate? Do I even want a baby? I don't even know if I want a baby. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking to a woman we're calling Margot. She's 40 years old, has a wife named Jenny, and a four-year-old son named Wilder, who they conceived through IVF. Now, with two embryos still in storage and her wife hoping for a bigger family, Margot is feeling stuck and unsure of what to do. So my wife really, really wanted a second. I always planned on having more than one, for just to have siblings. Uh, so he would have siblings, because I have many siblings, and um, I can't imagine life without them yeah. at all. And it sounds like your wife had even even stronger. She had strong. Much, what was where was that coming from? Well, she didn't have to carry <laughs> a baby. I think uh-huh. she also she lost her mom when she was young. Mm-hmm. I think she was nine or ten, and she has a sister. And I think she also feels the same way. Like having a sibling is a uh, um, more family. Yeah, yeah, more support. Mm-hmm. And then did you always think, like, oh, well, we have the embryos frozen. Like, we don't need to rush. They're there. They're, like, there and time is on our side. I did think that. I didn't—I was like, well, I don't have to go through an egg extraction again. Right. Um, We decided that Jenny may be too old. She's also—works a lot, and I don't know. It would be different if she took that role on— To to harvest her eggs and— No, to carry one of the embryos. Oh, how was that decided between the two of you the first round? was? I wanted to get pregnant. When I met her, she was almost 40, had never thought about being married, had never thought about having kids. And I think it was our first or second date. I was just 30, and I said, if you don't want to have children, like, I'm just, there's no point in even dating. Wow. And she was like, slow your roll. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say no. 
but I'm not going to go have a baby with you right now. I'm like, okay, as long as you're not saying no. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your, why was the pregnancy? I don't like being pregnant. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I got sciatica from the bed rest and it never went away. So I had extreme back pain. I could barely walk. I gained 70 pounds because I just discovered what food I thought I could eat. Because you were nauseous. No, I wasn't nauseous. I was hungry. I just wanted, I ate like, I think I had like three peanut butter and jelly bagels before 10 a.m. <laughs> every day. And like a cookie the size of my head and pizza and all the things I never ate. I assumed it would come off when the baby came out. I so just, of the 70 pounds you gained, how much did, did you keep on? 50. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Um, I also didn't realize how vain <laughs> I am, mm. um, but I I had a hard time with my body changing like that, uh, watching it change. Um, and you're already, I was like waddling around, everything hurt. Yeah. He was really big for my body. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt very alone and that was really hard for me. My mom and my wife were home the first two weeks after he was born, and then they both left. My mom went home, and Jenny actually went on a trip. So I had a very sweet cousin come help me because I think everyone realized I probably shouldn't be completely alone. Yeah. And I don't know if I had postpartum, but if I look back on, like, the newborn, I I hated it. You hated the newborn phase. I look at newborn babies, and I'm like, no, thank you. I don't know want one of those yeah. ever again. Yeah, yeah. Even though I love my son, obviously. Yeah, it was a different phase. What? How would you describe it? Was it just like so boring or isolating or what? Or just exhausting? What exhausting. was Exhausting. So I was in pain. I felt alone. I didn't feel like cared for at all. I had a few friends that would stop by, but um, and he cried 24-7. If he was awake, he was screaming for nine months. <laughs> and that was... I had I, no one diagnosed him with colic or anything, but yeah. there was obviously something yeah. going on. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a profound sense of losing your body, both in terms of your body image because you gained 70 pounds and in terms of your physical comfort. You're four and a half years later and you're left asking yourself, do I want to have a second child? Can I go through that again? Can I go through that again? It sounds like we have to separate that into two questions. Because one is, do I want to have a second child? The other is, can I go through pregnancy again? Well, yes. They are two different questions. Well, why don't we separate them and talk about it that way? Yeah. I don't know if I could physically... I, I think I'd be in a wheelchair or something. I don't know if I could physically do it. They say it's easier, but I don't believe people. (laughs) So it sounds like in terms of separating this into different types of decisions, you just said that you don't want to be pregnant again. Is that right? I do not want to be pregnant again. You do not want to be pregnant again. Yeah, I'm clear about that. It's a conversation we've had so many times. And now I can clearly say I I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would I do it again? Maybe if I, I don't know. Well, what's the difference between I don't ever want to be pregnant again 100% and would I do it again? Because I feel like having those two embryos, knowing they're there and that 
I don't know. They, they, it conflicts me. I feel like if they weren't there, it would be, to be like done. But pulling the trigger to donate them to science or give them to someone else or whatever we would do with them, we keep putting that off. Yeah. Do you know if they're a boy or girl? They're two boys. Two boys. And we're getting older. Now I'm 40. Mm. She's almost 50. Mm. But I think um, we have to, as a couple, come to the decision like, okay, like it's just closing the door completely. Mm -hmm. She likes the door like partially open. Mm -hmm. Part of me feels bad because I remember when I was trying to get pregnant and every person that would put out there on social media that they were pregnant would just kill me. And I know there's so many people that like go through the same process and struggle. And like for me to say, no, I don't want to do it. I don't know. It feels, um, part of me feels like, uh, guilty. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Well, you feel like you have, um, the privilege of the possibility of being pregnant again. Or having another child. Mm -hmm. So many people want to have a child. I've watched friends go through it. Yeah. But I have one. Yeah. And he's beautiful. So then there's a second question, which is, do you want to have a second child? And in this day and age, that's separate from the question about physical pregnancy. Um, The two obvious options are surrogacy and adoption. What do you think? I've seen, we have several friends that are going through all of this. They're a little behind. They're doing it for the first time, behind our process. Um, And the adoption process looks, from what I've seen, it just seems like a whole other thing to Mm -hmm. go through that I'm not interested in right now. Yeah. Surrogacy. I mean, when you just invite other humans into your life, besides like what you're dealing with, you it's a lot to take on. And I guess it's. And it's a lot of money. It's way more money than adopting. Um, yeah. There's a lot of money mm-hmm. that we don't re- really necessarily have to spend right now. If money weren't an issue for a surrogate, would you want to do it? This is where it gets tricky. It's much more appealing to me. Like, I could see it be, I could see it being a, a better option for me. As I sit here and talk to you, though, I just always go back to, like, I'm not sure I want another baby. My neighbor upstairs has twin boys. Since we have moved in, they cry. I think there's something wrong with them. I know there's not because I also had a baby who did that. But I hear it, and I can't stand it. Like, I... (laughs) So... And I see babies, I'm like, okay, I'll hold it for a little bit. And then newborns, baby babies, I think, are cute and, like, are great. Have you thought about your wife being the primary caretaker of the next baby? No. Have you talked about it? No. Because th- that she, would be a way to get through the baby phase with less pressure on you, as if you weren't the primary caretaker. She's the primary breadwinner. Yeah. 
So that's not going to work? No. Yeah. Okay, so we have two reasons now you... <laughs> what we know, we know you don't, we know you physically don't want to be pregnant. We know that you don't, you can't afford a surrogate. And unless things dramatically change, that will remain the case, right? Yes. And you are not wanting to take care of a newborn baby. You're not, you're not looking forward to that. No, but I just wonder, like, would my maternal instinct be stronger if I actually had to? Like, and am I projecting my first experience, is it clouding, like, what my second experience could be? Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. Like, I don't want to get in my own way. Yep, yep. Like, if the amount of love I feel for my one child and the amount of feel, uh, love I feel for him um, and seeing people who have two kids and them saying my love just doubled because they get worried. Am I going to not love the kid as much as my first and the second kid? And I'm a third child, so <laughs> and I don't feel less loved. Um, so you can imagine loving a second child. Is it like, do you have a hunger for it? Are you craving that? No. Because I feel really fulfilled. You feel really fulfilled. With. Nothing's missing. Would you say that that's true? Nothing's missing? I don't feel like anything's missing. So why would you want to go through all of this complex, expensive paths to change your family. Well, I'm not the only person in this relationship. Okay. And I also like to honor what she, some of her wants. What do you think she would feel a sense of loss about if she couldn't have a second child? What do you worry about for her? She has a big thing about him having a sibling. I think she also may feel like she would have a do-over with the early years. Oh, she was not as—what does she regret from the early years with Wilder? I don't know specifically, but she was working a lot and was not able to be as involved. Yeah. And I don't know if she would have a better work-life balance or knows, like, maybe she would want to do something differently. I don't know. So you sound resolved that you don't want to have a second child. What you sound conflicted about is— talking about that with your partner who wants to have a second child. Or you've talked about it with your partner, but you feel conflicted about depriving her of something she wants. You feel sad that she, you would be a part of not giving her something she wants. Yes. Yes. She gives me so much of what I want. Yeah. So, so is that what the conflict is really about? Not about the second kid, about disappointing your partner? Yeah, that's a big part of it. And also, maybe in the long term, like, depriving my son of a sibling because I can't handle it or I don't want to handle it. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about depriving a child of a sibling. You know, I talk to people about this all the time. So there's there's so many things that siblings can, so so many experiences that people can have with their siblings. And I think when we talk about wanting to give a child a sibling, we're imagining the happy version. That they'll like each other. That they'll like each other. I know they don't always. Yep, that they'll that they'll support each other. It sounds like with your wife, she had the loss of her mother at a young age, so she experienced tremendous support from her siblings. Mm-hmm. Siblings or siblings? She has a sister, and then she has a half-sister that came yep. later. Yep. 
So, so support, friendship, companionship, as we know, it doesn't always go that way. There are plenty of siblings who are estranged and who um, don't support each other and who don't have things in common. So that's something to remember. When you take the, all of those roles, friends, companions, people to support as life passes and as you age and Wilder grows up and has aging parents, he can get that from other people who've entered his lives in different ways other than being born his sibling. He could get that from cousins. He could get that from your best friend's child who he's spent every Sunday with. For the, you know, like there, you can be attentive to fostering relationships for Wilder with peers that you know, have roots in his childhood and have where there are shared family values about we support each other. And um, you you don't have to have a blood relation with another kid to grow up having. (laughs) What about sharing? Sharing? What do you mean? Like sharing attention, sharing Teaching him how to share? Well, I know how to teach him how to share, but like really fighting for it. Like siblings have a completely different, I feel like you have to, like you can, you are sometimes your most evil to your sibling and you learn how to like adapt mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like what if he's just coddled and loved his okay wife? so you're gonna add that to your list of your parenting goals you know <laughs> could be evil. no no but when there are play dates with Wilder I mean he's still a little bit young but when there are play dates he's trust me He'll have plenty of fights with kids who come over for play dates about sharing I've learned already yes my Legos my truck my pizza you know so you'll be reinforcing that and setting up opportunities for him to have close social experiences with peers and and you'll be teaching him about sharing and 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 inc- allowing him to have that frustration so that he he can grow in ways that that children of siblings can grow. I think preschool's doing it right now. Yeah, exactly. Does that assuage the guilt at all about not giving him a sibling when we sort of look at it that way? Yeah. Yes. I I pull a lot of um, only children, what they think. And it's interesting to hear because most people will say they wish they had a sibling. Why are you doing that? Why? Why are you pulling only children? <laughs> I don't know because it'd it's be like, interesting. It's like you could go around and talk to people who were raised in cities and ask them <laughs> if they would do it over differently for their kids. And they might, like, nine out of ten might say, yeah, I wish I had a backyard. Like, w- w- it sounds a little bit like you're Am I beating setting, yourself setting up, myself up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ones when you when you ask people who have siblings, the ones who have the bad relationships, they're the ones to ask. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you ask everyone, you know, what do you feel was missing from your childhood family dynamic, everyone's going to have an answer. Some of those people will have siblings. Some of those people will be only children. And there may be a pattern in what only children felt was missing. But, you know, there's... I hate to break it to you, but there's no way to raise kids without them missing at least one thing. There's still embryos in storage. <laughs> what, what? Tell me why you bring that up. Because I was thinking that still feels like the unresolved, like... Okay, the at unresolved. What point, at what point do you... Just make a decision to... Mm-hmm. I think you're just scared of having to sort of pull the trigger on saying goodbye. Yeah. 
And then there's the piece about your your wife living with knowing that, you know, she's not getting something she wants. Just like Wilder isn't getting something, she's not getting something. And, and how you feel, like she gives you so much and guilt around that. I obviously need to have another conversation with my wife. I think you do need to have this conversation with your wife. You yes. can say, I can't do this. I can't physically carry a baby. I can't go through an adoption process. We can't afford a surrogate. We have to face that truth. And I'm sorry for you because there is something about providing our child with a sibling that is tremendously meaningful for you. And you're going to have to work on it tolerating that you're not getting this thing that you imagined in your heart would be a good thing for you in your life. And I'm sorry as your wife who loves you, you give me so much. I'm sorry that I can't provide for you the life of your dreams. In a way, everybody has to say that to their partner. And, and at some point, I'm sorry, I can't provide for you the life of their, your dreams. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's more on my, like, I think the conversation has to be like, this is something that's been weighing on me it's constantly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's weighing on you. Mm-hmm. But this is where... This is where I am now. Mm -hmm. And also, I think um, just forgiving myself or letting go of it and just acknowledging, like, maybe that's just not for me. And I don't have to, like, make excuses in my head as to, like, well, maybe it's just because I feel whatever it is, maybe it's just, like, I can acknowledge that I'm happy having one and like let the conversation go heal myself you know but also just like I'm obviously going to keep raising my child with my wife and and we could come to terms with that with that together yeah Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet Media. It's produced by Peter Bresnan, Molly Donahue, and Lauren Silverman. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. There will be a brand new episode of Motherhood Sessions next week. Before having my daughter last year, uh, my father and I were estranged. We were in touch for a few years. And now that she's in the world, um, is it worth having that person in your life, that family member? just so your daughter has knows who they are and has that connection and mm-hmm. feels like that family structure is there? Or at what point do I continue cutting that person out of my yeah. life? Yeah.